Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbyte's weekly news show. We're rounding up the headlines and games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I am your host this week and every week. It's John Warren, head of Fanbyte Media. How are you? Hope you're having a good year so far. I keep writing 2021 on all my checks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. That's a terrible joke. It doesn't even work anymore. No one writes checks. Anyway, I have a really good show for you today. Uh, I talked to Imran Khan about some of my favorite news stories of the week. So we're actually going to start with not the top stories, but some stories that happened in the news this week. So let's get to it. According to Jeff Grubb, Respawn Entertainment is working on a first-person shooter with, quote, AAA ambitions, and it's striving for mobility and style as guiding principles. This comes on the tail of Muhammad Alavi actually leaving the project as creative director. Instead of that project being in trouble, it is still going full speed ahead. And no, although I said it's a first-person shooter uh, that, that strives to achieve a lot in mobility and style, and it is not a sequel to Titanfall 2. I'm very sorry to report that. <laughs> Over on Reset Era earlier this week, a user took to the forum to post a bunch of leaked uh, information and screenshots from an apparent Armored Core follow-up from From Software. Uh, I can give you the details as they're listed here, some of which are plausible, some of which are very unconfirmed. The screenshots in particular are very kind of unclear as to what they're really showing. It looks like mechs in an open environment, but it doesn't look like much of anything, just to be clear. So not a lot of visual stuff that you really need to know about, but... Uh, Armored Core is a third-person shooter mecha action title. It takes place in a sci-fi world created by Hidetaka Miyazaki from From Software, of course, and the Dark Souls series. Uh, a vast field that represents a multi-layered world. Uh, there's short and long-range battles, which you can expect with mechs. Um, uh, dynamic action in th full 3D and high degree in customization, which you can reconfigure body parts and weapons in order to upgrade your mech. Uh, it also helps with play style. So the screenshots, like I said, were uh, that were released kind of, I don't know, make it look like a Dark Souls, but with mecha stuff, uh, which would be an understandable and fairly predictable way that From Software would go back to the series. With Elden Ring coming out just in a few weeks at this point, uh, I would expect we would know more about this Armored Core game from FromSoft uh, a bit later this year. Um, I'm just ready for them to get back to Kingsfield. It's about ready for like a dark 
labyrinth crawler in first person where skeletons just come at you from every direction. Tabletop Simulator is an interesting game. It's basically a digital way to create facsimiles of physical board games. We've played with it a few times on stream here at uh, at Fanbyte, uh, which has been fun. Uh, but the, the folks who make that game, Berserk Games, came under some fire this week. Uh, I'm going to read you part of Kenneth Shepard's piece over uh, at Fanbyte.com about it. Uh, thanks, Kenneth, for this uh, thorough reporting on the uh, on the story. Uh, so <clears throat> Berserk Games, the developer behind Tabletop Simulator, has come under fire after a user discovered the game's global chat system would ban players for using terms related to queer identities. The situation began last week, was extensively documented in a Google Docs file by Tabletop Simulator user Zoe Allred, using the screen name Zoe She Her in the game, who also discussed her experience on Twitter account. Uh, you can find that on the website. After being banned uh, after discussing gay and trans identities, she inquired with a moderator as to why these topics were resulting in a temporary ban. The mod's response referenced a bold text in the game's chat rules, which reads, when using global chat, there is an ex expectation that discussion will be family friendly and centered around tabletop simulator, tabletop games, and chatting with other players. When she asked if this meant that the game's moderators deemed gay identity as, quote, not being family friendly, Allred was kicked from the chat room and temporarily banned from using the feature. Um, uh, Allred went on to ask a, uh, a, a moderator at the Discord server about the situation, and that user, C-H-R-Y, uh, said, quote, discussing sexuality has no place in global chat end quote, and that they also want to uh, limit the amount of discussion about, quote, sexuality fetishes and politics, end quote. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Uh, Zoe Allred actually, you know, of course, asked uh, if tr being trans was, quote, a fetish or political, um, and Allred never received a response on that. Uh, basically, you can read the entire story, but the tabletop folks basically decided that their entire way that they were doing moderation and the way that they were communicating with folks and the way that they were gathering information when incidents would come up were not sufficient. And this was not something that they wanted to have happen, but it was a fairly large uh, mishap. Um, Allred had since took down her tabletop simulator mods, tweeted about the situation, uh, and uh, released a response to us. Um, even after the uh, tabletop simulator folks uh, had kind of apologized for the way that this went down, um, Allred uh, said this to Fanbyte, quote, the statement tabletop simulator issued on January 9th is the message that should have been shared initially, but is now sullied by their statement the previous day, deny any such censoring of identity and painting me as an instigator. Uh, they have not contacted me to apologize for anything that was said directly in response to my queries or their mischaracterization of me. I have seen no action uh, taken to address the individual CHRY with the role Berserk in their Discord, who informed me sharing my identity was inappropriate for chat. And in, in fact, shortly shortly after the above statement, CHRY posted a statement defensively accusing me of characterizing them unfairly without complete context, despite the plethora provided a lesson has not been learned trust has not been earned and damage is being is just being controlled end quote uh, thank you to zoe allred for uh speaking with us about that uh again there are some details in the story you can go find at fanbyte.com thank you to kenneth shepherd for your exhaustive reporting on this Techland had a fairly surprise hit on their hands with Dying Light, a relatively tight game that got a lot of DLC afterwards and therefore spawned a lot of loyalty among a small fan base. Uh, Dying Light 2 seems to be a game that is 
doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on a lot of the content. And in fact, this past week, they said it would take you 500 hours to do everything in Dying Light 2 that you could possibly do. Now, this was kind of taken at face value because they were kind of bragging about it, but it seemed like they were saying it takes 500 hours to beat the game. They, of course, clarified this. And it shouldn't be a brag that it takes 500 hours to beat a game because that sucks. But what they actually meant is that if you did every single story quest, every single side quest, went through every single uh, dialogue option, got every single ending, did every single collectible, all of the above, you would have a game that clocks in close to 500 hours. But the real story is it's going to take about 20 hours to beat the main quest. It's going to take about 80 hours to finish the main story and all of the side quests. So 20 hours if you want to blow through it, 80 hours if you want to be a, a, a thorough player, 500 if you are a total absolute pervert for Dying Light 2 and want to basically do everything in it. I don't know anyone that does the whole go back and play uh, every single dialogue option. I just I just don't know anyone that plays games like that. If you play games like that, cool. If you love the idea that this is going to have 500 hours attached to it, that's great. I am just kind of exhausted when I hear this. But just so you know, that's that's actually the truth. It's not 500 hours. It's not 10 hours. There's something in between. <laughs> There's probably something for everybody in here. Uh, your parkour zombie game does not have to be that long. <laughs> At the end of every year, Twitter actually uh, gets all their data together about video games and its most discussed video games on the platform, uh, and they released their top 10 most discussed uh, video games on the social platform. There are some interesting uh, uh, notes on this list, so let's uh, let's talk about it. Um, number 10 is Fortnite. That shouldn't surprise anybody. Number 9 is Project Sakai, so this has kind of got some international flavor already. Uh, number 8 is Minecraft, also not super surprising. Number seven is Knives Out, which is a video game. It's not the movie. Uh, it is a popular game overseas. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, uh, of course. Fate Grand Order, of course. Final Fantasy, naturally. Uh, Ensemble Stars at number three. Uh, Apex Legends at number two. And number one is Genshin Impact. And Genshin Impact is the most popular game on Twitter from 2021, which might be kind of a surprise, especially beating out games like Animal Crossing New Horizons, Fortnite, Minecraft, and all that stuff. But you have to remember, it's got a huge international audience. It is both overseas. It's both here in the U.S. Uh, it is one of the biggest games uh, of the past couple of years. And uh, it's not super surprising that that's number one. But I was... I was a little surprised to see it being number one. Maybe I've just created my list to see more uh, super amazing Breath of the Wild tricks. I thought that was still more popular game somehow than Genshin Impact. <laughs> Overwatch and LEGO has been kind of a consistent and nice collaboration over the past few years, including uh, sets uh, involving Soldier 76, Wrecking Ball, Diva, Reinhardt, uh, all have been released in the past couple of years. But the new Overwatch 2 sets have been delayed indefinitely over the Activision Blizzard lawsuit, and LEGO is evaluating its relationship with the big publisher following the claims of workplace harassment. Uh, the Overwatch 2 set that we knew was coming uh, was going to involve Tracer, May, and an Omnic robot. It was supposed to be out at the beginning of February, but now it is being delayed indefinitely. I mean, 
what it's it's still really funny that this thing was going to come out anyway this year because Overwatch Two has absolutely no uh, no no <laughs> no eyelash of a release date yet. I mean, we have absolutely no idea when this thing is coming because it's been delayed so many times um, and because of all the turmoil internally at Blizzard. But uh, yeah, it was supposed to come out in a few weeks and now it's just uh, on the shelf <laughs> indefinitely. Bummer. I kind of think the rollout of information for Pokemon Legends Arceus has been a little strange. We haven't really known exactly how the mechanics of this game would work, um, except for little snippets we would see in trailers. That changed a bit this week when Nintendo released a trailer that's about 13 and a half minutes long, showcasing the specific mechanics and the gameplay loop of uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is uh, a very interesting video. I think you should go watch it. There is a, uh, a nice post rounding up the details of this with the trailer over at fanbyte.com. Thanks again to Kenneth uh, Shepard. Uh, we got to see in the trailer uh, a lot of the Hisui region, which would soon, which will later be known as the Sinnoh region. And uh, we got to know, um, we got to know a lot about the general loop of the game. And I would say it's less like Breath of the Wild and a bit more like Monster Hunter. Um, a lot of my coworkers kind of scoped that a little while ago, but this time it's very clear. You basically get missions and requests within the town, um, which is called Jubilife, which is adorable. And then you go out into the overworld and uh, complete these missions. Some of them might be scouting uh, where you know, Pokemon are uh, herding or eating. Sometimes it's capturing, sometimes it's taming some uh, a Pokemon that's super wild. Um, sometimes it's just gathering ingredients because there's a crafting system. Uh, but it's 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 nice. If you know the Monster Hunter formula of, um, you know, go into camp, get ready, go out, come back uh, with the information uh, that you gather, it's it should be a pretty familiar formula. But there are some nice open world seeming things, especially when it comes to traversal. We saw several Pokemon that were being, uh, that were, that were being ridden either on ground or air or like a jet ski to explore the Hisui region. So, uh, it's nice. It's it, this is a game that is coming out in just a couple weeks, January 28th. So we don't have a whole lot of time. I will say it looks like it runs better now than it did in early trailers. It's still, this still, I don't know. These games still look worse than your average Nintendo game, which is kind of interesting because it's like they should send people over from the Nintendo company to the Pokemon company to teach these folks how to make stuff on Switch. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I think the Switch is a notoriously difficult thing to get right, but some games just look really great on this machine. And, and I don't think a Pokemon game has looked really good, good, good at all. On this on this console don't at me just search your heart you know it's true they could look better than this they could run better than this anyway i'm still excited about the game i just i don't know i'm still excited one game we were supposed to see uh, a bit earlier in the year is now being delayed until late in 2022 stalker 2 has been delayed it was supposed to come out in april now it's uh got a december 8th date uh, for PC and Xbox X and S. Remember, it's just for those two platforms right now. Uh, they are delaying the game and they released a statement earlier this week saying, quote, stalkers, we've made a decision to postpone the release of Stalker 2 Heart of Chernobyl to December 8th, 
2022. These additional seven months of development are needed to fulfill our vision and achieve the desired state of the game. Soccer 2 is the biggest project in the history of GSE, that's the developer of the game, and requires thorough testing and polishing. We are convinced that development should take as long as necessary, especially in the case of such a project. This decision was not an easy one, but we are doing the best possible to deliver you a game that can live up to the expectations. With more information, updates, and showcases coming, we have an exciting and important year ahead. Thank you for your patience and understanding. With love, GSC Game World Team, end quote. Um, this is not too long after Stalker 2 uh, announced that they would have NFT content and then almost immediately walked it back when there was huge backlash about it. Um, they, in their statement about the NFT stuff, said, hey, this is kind of part of our financial roadmap. This is a way that we can actually make money ahead of the release and perhaps add more content to the game. Now, this delay is kind of uh, not not given a whole lot of detail as to why it's happening, aside from the vague, we need seven more, uh, seven more months to make it good. Um, I would read between the lines and say that maybe some of the actual late stage funding of this game was going to be done with that NFT stuff, and now that's gone away. Um, and so they need more time to basically develop it slower than they were going to. That's speculation, but I think it's not a terrible educated guess in terms of what's happening here. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a lengthy delay uh, from April to December, but we still, we still should get our hands on Stalker 2 if you're excited about it sometime this year. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to talk about a few more huge stories this week, maybe my favorite stories or the biggest stories of the week. And, uh, to do that, I brought in news editor Imran Khan, one of my favorite people in the world, uh, to talk to me about those things. So let's go, let's go talk to Imran. Imran, how's it going? It's going well, John. How about you? I'm good. I wish, I wish AD, AD, AGDQ was just more than a week a year. Um, yeah, I I have the issue now where like when I was in college or, or I don't even know if I was in college at the time, but when I was younger and like thing was going on and they did like the awful games block or whatever, yeah. I would just stay up to watch it. But now yeah. it's like, oh, this runs at 10 p.m. I'm not gonna be able to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 well. Well, my dogs are really <laughs> mad about AGDQ ending as well. Um, sorry, dogs. Uh, listen, everything is fleeting. Life is fleeting. Yeah. AGDQ is fleeting. Speedruns um, are ephemeral. Speeding, speed runs are ephemeral. Um, yeah, no, the awful block is so funny because I've been getting up and going to uh, the gym super early, which is like not like me. But uh, d d yesterday I got up and I was like miserable and I got to the gym at 530 and I I was like, okay, what's going on AGQ? And I forgot it was off a block. So I actually got to see like three games, oh, uh, which is amazing. So living the dream, living the dream. But you're right now that now that stuff goes late. I'm like, I can't. I'm too old. <laughs> um, some stuff happened this week in mm -hmm. in the news. Um, I think the like low key the biggest thing that probably happened this week was uh, was Take Two's purchase of Zynga. So let's talk about that first. Um, yeah. Yeah. They they bought Zynga, which is the mobile game publisher behind a, a lot of big things like, oh, God, 
I have I'm a list. On the, do you want? Yeah. Do you want me to read a list? Re- Here's read a, some here. of their mobile games, because like here. in my head, I was like, "Candy Crush." Like, no, that's King. No, so it's there's Boggle with friends. There's Chess with friends. There's Words <laughs> with friends. There's Farmville, the entire Farmville milieu. Um, there's Zynga poker, which is a pretty big deal. There's Willy Wonka slots, which I never heard of in my entire life. There's a couple, there's a Harry Potter game. I never heard of Dawn of Titans, crazy kitchen, crazy cake swap, CSR racing, clumsy ninja. And Ron, I've heard of maybe three of those games, but they're super popular. They're very popular. And Zynga is a very like a big company. But it's important to note they're big to the to the valuation of generously about like eleven billion. Yeah. So when Take Two bought them for twelve point seven billion, mm-hmm. that like it raises a couple of eyebrows. So like one of the reasons this is interesting is that last year, like maybe not even a year ago, uh, Take Two was going to buy Codemasters for one billion dollars. EA upped the price to one point two billion, and Take Two was like too rich for our blood. Go ahead, EA, to have Codemasters. <laughs> yeah. To go from that to actually we'll pay a billion and a half overprice for yeah. Zynga is really strange. I, I The only things I can think – well, there are, two, there are two things, right? There's There's either that the mobile games market is so – uh, endemic to what Take Two is going to be doing over the next few years, that they thought overpaying, you know, to get other competitors out of the space would be a good thing. But like, the other thing is like maybe Zynga's working on something that like has, you know, maybe they've gotten some partnerships that are really uh, valuable that haven't been announced yet. But you would think that that would come out at, of of this process at some point. So like, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me either. That is a massive overspend um, for, for what they're worth. And like Zynga has even struggled in a few different ways over the past few years with their own like internal shuffle. They've, they bought an office space in San Francisco and like, like turned it around and sold it in like a couple years. Yeah. Um, The only reason they made a profit last year is because they sold that thing for $600 million. Yeah. Everything else is a loss. Yeah. So there is something odd about this, but it does it does at least point to the direction that Take Two is going to be super serious about this space. I think, I think this is like a GTA shaped hole for them. Like mobile yeah. is that they probably think they can afford to pay over for this because GTA Online on mobile phones, which is I think inevitability at this point. Yeah, probably will probably bring in the amount like if. If that thing isn't making close to a billion dollars a month for the last however many months, like mm-hmm. seven years, then I think they, they probably believe, yeah, it's not going to matter. Like twelve point yeah. seven billion, fourteen billion, who the fuck cares? Like yes. it is, we're making we, we, it back with all the other properties they have. In addition to the uh, the the collaboration that they'll probably do for GTA Online, yeah, it probably comes out in the wash, um, which is wild. But that's a huge. I mean, it's like you you wrote in your piece, like I, I had forgotten some of these numbers. Microsoft purchasing Bethesda 7.5 billion. I remember that. That was a big mm-hmm. one. Buying Skype for 8.5 billion. I had forgotten that that number was so high. <laughs> That's insane in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, Mojang for 2.5 billion. Also kind of insanely low considering Minecraft, I, yeah. I almost feel like. At the time, it seemed like really big, but like Minecraft is going to be huge and is, I'm sure, more than made back that money at this point. 
Yeah. And then, and then of course you also mentioned Tencent, our parent company. I have to say that to, uh, just for disclosure purposes, buying Supercell for 9.5 billion. That is so much money. Like I had forgotten that, you know, it's like, yeah, 12.7 is insane, but it's not, it's not that, that's not that much more than some of these other purchases, but like it, it just is, it's so high for a company that I don't know. Maybe it's just my warped view of the casual mobile market, but a, a company that I thought was in some ways struggling. Um, but I, I guess I was wrong. I mean, maybe um, that's what Take Two has been waiting for. They've just been sitting there and saying, "Like, okay, Zynga's struggling now. Let's let's pick them up." But yeah. like, that's still a huge price. I I think maybe it'll be justified if like they don't have to do any layoffs, which is the the ideal scenario here that yeah. they bought Zynga wholly and are just like, okay, do what you do, but also now do it for us. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how that shakes out in the near future. Take-Two has been like, they bought a, or they hired a president or vice president of blockchain, I think, earlier last year. Yeah. With no plan of what to do. Like, even the president <laughs> was like, yeah, I don't know why I was hired. Like, they, so this, they might just be them like, kind of feeling out their future a little bit. They've got the money to spend. They can yeah. They can spend make Zynga sales all day. It's just a question of like, what is the long-term plan with this? And I don't know that they know beyond let's make Borderlands and GTA and Kerbal or whatever on on mobile. Which yeah. I also when you look at like what's what's happened with Hangar 13 recently, of they've been prototyping game after game after game. And each time like they'll get fairly far and take you like, no, this is not worth it. And they like I think that's cost take two somewhere in the area of forty to sixty million dollars just prototyping those games. Yeah. If you if they have a mobile arm, they could probably take some of these ideas and some of this work and not have to commit to a full console game and mm. actually just be like, here's the mafia mobile title that we <laughs> that you will see like those weird CG ads for, but like <laughs> is that's nothing like the game. But it's not a full console game. It's not forty million dollars down the drain. Come run the mafia, my lord. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> is terrible mobile ads. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could see it going a few ways. I think that I think all of that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, I think um, uh, even like in, even NBA 2K, their mobile games suck. Like those those mobile games are really bad. And when this was announced, I was like, oh, they immediately get a, a better team to work on these games because this is a, a high value franchise for them that like is languishing on mobile. And it kind of feels like now they can do that with a lot of their franchises, which is yeah. probably pretty smart. And uh, sometimes it's not just about the the better team. It's about the right. team with know-how. Cause like yeah. look at Nintendo who, who not, it's not controversial to say they make some of the best games in the industry. Sure. They have never been able to crack mobile. No, nope. like they've, they've just not figured it out. And like we were talking about Mario Kart the other day, Mario Kart Tour, not that successful for a game, for a game on con- on console sells thirty to forty million copies. Yeah, it's a, it's fucking Mario Kart. Like it, if if you had told me five years ago that a Mario Kart game on mobile would not be a runaway success, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. But yeah, yeah. they just can't make it work. So like maybe like the purchase of Zynga, someone who are a company that clearly knows how to make success. Even that list of games you read, we've never heard of. I'm sure quietly each makes millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. Um, well, all right, let's, let's move on from games that I've never heard of, uh, to a game that, uh, everyone's heard of and is very excited about, uh, Hitman three announced basically a year roadmap of, uh, a lot of content and like 
it all seems rad. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so last year when Hitman 3 came out, IO Interactive basically said, we're working on James Bond. That is our, our main priority right now. There will be some further Hitman content. Like it, we're we're doing we're doing extra stuff, but it's not going to really be the same level as Hitman One and Two of like DLC maps and like cons. It's not a live game really, and I think people really understood that. But Hitman Three sold really well, so there was like a post like a month after that game came out. It's like, yeah, no, we're gonna work on some Hitman Two or Hitman Three content. Don't worry about it. I it took them about a year to actually you know start working on that or not start working to really get that underfoot and start you know, revealing what that is. So this was the first reveal of what Hitman 3's second year of content looks like. And it is yeah. the things that we thought like would be the first year of content. They've got sure. like a new, uh, like, they've got a new mode, uh, which is like a kind of a roguelike thing where you were, you're basically animal crossing a, a hideout for Agent 47 <laughs> yeah. and then going out and doing like roguelite stuff and new unlockables. They're like packaging all the elusive targets into like an arcade mode kind of thing. They're cause because the game was on Epic uh, Game Store exclusive pre the previous year, they're kind of relaunching it on Steam. But also, they're all they're taking the money they got from the PSVR exclusivity, and yeah. now that that VR is now coming to PC as well. There's uh, they're working on in with Intel on ray tracing stuff, and like basically, this next year is going to be the thing that we thought the first year should have been. And I think they yeah. realized they may be kind of screwed up by not scoping for that in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think like, uh, especially the, the roguelike uh, mode of this game, like adds an element of I mean, th this game is already very replayable in terms of the different challenges you can do. But this, this just adds a, uh, a, a super, super baked in component that will be very easy to play over and over again, which is super exciting. Um, also with the fact that they're packaging the trilogy together, that's huge. Um, yeah. Uh, so like that was like just announced. Uh, I usually have very little to talk about in the middle of the month in terms of game releases, but it's like Hitman trilogy that's coming to basically every single console except for switch. Um, and it's going to be on game pass, which is like the big part. Um, yeah. I, and I think like that's, that's key to their success or to their plan here is yeah. game pass as a, as a thing you put your games on. It can be iffy when you're just releasing a single player game. Right. But when you're releasing a single player game that in is either one done selling or two uh you can sell DLC for in the future, you have the option of making a lot more money. Because if if it's done selling, you you kind of just put it on there, it's like, okay, we got our check from Microsoft, great. We're we're creating some brand identity the future will be fine. Uh, if you're selling the DLC, which is the, what they're doing here, they not only have the last year of DLC, which is like remixed maps, the seven, the seven sins uh, campaign they did before, but also the next year to leverage with people who are just selling now. They're like, Oh, this is really cool. I wonder what yeah. the new thing is. So I think this is a very, very good call for them. This should like, I w in my head, I think this should have been done a year ago, but this is actually the perfect time. This is the business wise is the, the, good time to put <laughs> hitman on game pass because yeah. it will work out super well for them this way yeah and it's kind of a perfect time too because like we're in this weird mode of like well okay pokemon legends or arceus is coming out in a couple weeks but things are kind of slow right now aside from like god of war on pc and now it's like okay this is a full week and a half two weeks of 
uh, of Hitman 3 goodness that we'll be excited about on Game Pass. So it's pretty smart. Um, yeah, Game Pass is great for those moments where you're like, even when there's a lot of games coming out, you're you're turning on your Xbox and you're still yeah. like, you can just go scroll through there like, oh, Hitman's on. Like the Hitman yeah. trilogy is now free. Well, yeah. I'm just going to fucking play this. Yeah. Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, <laughs> all right. There's one one last thing that came up this week, uh, late this week. Uh, in the dead of night, prolific Troy, prolific voice actor Troy Baker, uh, pro- also prolific Troy, Troy Baker, um, <laughs> announced that he's involved with an NFT project, a voice actor NFT project. And um, you know what? <laughs> it didn't go well, Imran. Um <laughs> so he said he said some weird shit he said it he said in his tweets like you can either hate or create or whatever um man this guy this fucking guy it's it's fascinating that like okay so giving them the the benefit of the doubt (laughs) maybe maybe somebody like that that company approached him was like here's a way to make money you don't have to do anything this is the Uh next big thing this is like the big technology, whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, cool. Just do whatever you want. I'll make a tweet about it. That's not going to cost me anything and I'll make some money off of it. I don't understand how anyone at this point does that without looking up, hey, what happens when celebrities tweet about NFTs? Yeah. Like Richard Card, who who played Al <laughs> in Home Improvement, uh, did this too. He's like, yeah, I'm selling NFTs now. I don't know what Richard Card thought he was going to sell, but he, he said he's going to sell NFTs. Then yeah. had, he faced such a blowback. Richard, the guy who said, I don't think so, Tim, as his most famous thing, uh-huh. was faced such a blowback. He's like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Yeah. How do you not at least find out about that before you tweet about it? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. You would, you would, you know, those circles probably overlap at some point. Troy Baker's <laughs> and Richard Carnes. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this has happened to like, this has happened to four or five people that I can recall in the past couple of weeks of just like, hey, I'm gonna do this. I don't know anything about it. Oops, oops. I'm trying to remove it. Um, I, I, given, given Troy Baker's disposition to thrash against any sort of criticism again we saw that with the last of us too when people didn't like that game he was also pretty vocal about that as well i mean my honest take on it is like he knew what he was doing here yeah um but he also released some statements this morning uh friday morning that basically said like i'm just a storyteller i'm trying to i'm trying to make my way in the world um and so yeah, we don't, i don't know it's, it's like I get the feeling from Troy Baker that if he bumps into someone at Starbucks, he starts thinking he's in the Lincoln Douglas debates. <laughs> like he, he, yeah. he turns every like, oh, I, I did a bad thing. Okay, let me show you why actually this is a very high minded thing. Yes, and it's just like just just say, oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry, or I, I'm gonna think about this because like I signed a deal and I need to like. There's other ways to do it besides pontificating on like <laughs> the genuine the genuineness of everyone who's calling you out on it yeah uh, it's he, he could have just easily not done this he could have just asked not anyone. done anyone he could have asked anyone um 
Uh, and the voice verse NFT group, which is the, the folks he's collaborating with, uh, they, they wrote this eight, eight tweet thread and uh, the fifth tweet in that thread, that thread says this, we understand the environmental impacts of NFTs. We're working hard to vo move our voice NFTs to a much more environmentally friendly ma main net in the future, such as Polygon or Solana proof of work to proof of stake. Um, Th that that statement is basically saying like, yep, our NFTs are ruining the environment and we don't have a fucking way to to not do that yet. And we're going to hope you're going to forget about it by the time we by the time we do anything with this. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to work on it in the future is like not a good like it's nothing. Do you, do you why are you running this now? If you yeah. can't if 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 you realize it's a problem, yeah. then why is your company, which has never done really anything up until now, currently in business? I mean, are we are are we striking while the iron's hot for some reason? Is Troy Baker just fucking iron hot right now? I I don't think so. Like I I think we this could wait if they figure this out. It doesn't yeah. matter. This is all bullshit anyway. Environmental uh, uh, impact aside, but it's like I uh, I don't know. This this dude stepped in it. It was really funny. The thing um, is like. We, we, the internet solved scarcity in a way. Of yeah. Like, what if we just didn't have to worry about what resources any individual person can have? And like, we can democratize the fact that JPEGs exist and you can just have the JPEG right. or, or like listen to Troy Baker's voice if you want to or whatever. Trying to reintroduce that on principle is always going to be gross. Take out the environmental aspect of it completely if you want to. But, right. We're now selling a thing that doesn't need to be sold just because it could be another avenue for money. And that's yeah. always going to be terrible. And even if you can explain away, oh, this is going to be a little less terrible environmentally, you're still sticking your foot like right right into the <laughs> shit for really no good reason. <laughs> it seems to go nowhere. It's 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 this is just such a dead end for everyone. It's yeah. uh it's such a Wait. bummer. Waypoint put up a story yesterday that was like, we talked to the people who bought the Ubisoft. Oh, yeah, NFTs. that was great. Yeah. And like, it's like 10 people. And yeah. They're all like, I don't know. Just, it seemed like Ubisoft was doing a thing. I play this game a lot. Like that, I think, I don't think there's a lot of people who own NFTs in this, in the country, much less no. the world at this point. Yeah. No, I like, mean, this is the, 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 the market saturation of this is, is that the, the supply of NFT seems to be so egregiously overblown compared to the demand that like, I don't understand how any, uh, economist would look at this and say, this is a good thing to do. Yeah. Like you said, striking while the iron is hot. I don't think the iron is hot. I think the iron is like bone chilling cold. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, all right. Well, okay. I did. I do have one last thing. You, uh, you compiled a, uh, a, a list from the rest of the, uh, the fanbite staff of, uh, the, the possibilities of the Mario Kart twist that has been, uh, rumored that's coming in the next Mario Kart. Um, what's yours? I want to know what your twist is, Imran. Uh, I think, let's see. I think if they do another Mario Kart, they're probably going to they'll bring in the score system for Mario Kart Tour, which is actually like one of the cool things about that game is yeah. there's a score trick system that like can help your placing. Sure. I bet that there is a completely unnecessary like co-op mode that involves like having pulling the joy like Merrick kind of alluded to this one in hers of oh, like yeah. it, someone just shakes a joy con i do think they will probably do something similar like that of each player has a joy con and like they control two wheels each or something 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, I still like Paul's, which is uh, basically everybody works, uh, everybody forms a team to form a pit crew. Um, and I, I absolutely fucking love the idea of like six toads changing yes. a tire. Like that's... that That is a great... I, I honestly, just, I like, love that. That should have been the Mario Kart mobile game. It's just that the toad pit it. crew. Yep. Oh my God. That'd be so good. Holy shit. <laughs> Make it like Paul cut, Paul cut this out. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, Imran. I appreciate it. Thank you. Let's get you ready for uh, this coming week. There's some exciting stuff coming out, so let's uh, let's talk about it. Um, on January 20th, we have Expeditions Rome coming to PC. On January 20th, we have uh, Rainbow Six Extraction coming to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One. That is also an Xbox Games Pass game, so don't forget about that. We have Warno, W-A-R-N-O, coming to PC. On January 20th, lots of stuff January 20th, and Windjammers 2 on PC, Switch, and Stadia on January 20th. January 20th is basically just the day. That's the day that everything comes out this week. Uh, and it's also the day that uh, something very, very cool happens over on Xbox Game Pass. We've talked about Xbox Game Pass a few times, but we did not know last week or the week before that the existence of Hitman Trilogy would be announced, which is basically the packaging of Hitman 1, 2, and 3. Uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier when talking to Imran, but uh, Hitman uh, announced basically the year uh, year two reveal for Hitman 3, and that's going to include all three of those games being packaged in one package called Hitman Trilogy, and it's going to be available on the 20th for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and on PC with the Epic Game Store, as well as Steam, and of course, Xbox Game Pass. That's right. If you have Xbox Game Pass, you will be able to grab Hitman 1, 2, and 3, in addition to all of the amazing content that's coming out uh, year two for Hitman 3, uh, you'll be able to get that on Game Pass. I'm super excited. I already own these things for PC and PlayStation 5, but I'm still going to go download this when it comes out on the 20th uh, because, I don't know, I, I play my Xbox a lot. What can I say? Um, but that's that's really the big thing that's coming out this week that we didn't even know about before a couple days ago. So that is super exciting. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably be all over that on stream, on fanbuy.com. Uh, we'll probably talk about it a bit on podcasts. Uh, yeah, it's a super exciting year of stuff coming for Hitman, like we talked about earlier. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for this week. There's not a ton, but a few things that uh, should definitely be on your radar. We already talked about uh, the Anacrusis, which is a uh, a, a co-op kind of uh, uh, Left for Dead-like. Uh, we played that on stream earlier this week, and uh, oh my gosh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a really good time playing it. I think it's got to work out some bugs, uh, but uh, for the most part, that was a very, very fun game, uh, a game that you can pick up on Xbox Game Pass, and I will probably do that this week uh, in order to play more with uh, with my coworkers because it, uh, it was a blast. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's what's coming up this week. That is going to do it, folks, for this week's episode. I want to thank my guest, Imran Khan, for stopping by to talk about Hitman, to talk about Troy Baker's NFT, to talk about Zynga, talking about Zynga like it's 2014. 
Uh, if you want to follow Imran on Twitter, you can do so at Imran, Z-O-M-G. And of course, you can find all of his wonderful news posts over at fanfight.com. If you want to follow my wonderful producer, Paul Tamayo, you can do so over at Polly Mayo. And please listen to the optional podcast. It is his podcast that he hosts with Cam Brewster right here on the Fanbyte Network. It's amazing. It's a great show. Uh, the, this week's episode is called Wordle Soup, which is very funny to me. Um, and I think you should go listen to it. It's a good show. Uh, and you can find me, of course, if you care, uh, on Twitter at uh, a Floppy Adult. And you can find Fanbyte at Fanbyte Media. You can find all of our podcasts at podcastnet.org. Uh, we have a Discord. A Discord is a great place. Fanbyte.casa, fanbyte.casa. It's a place where you can hang out with folks, uh, get announcements on stuff that we're doing, uh, stream announcements when we go live, talk to folks about different things. You can talk to folks about food. There's a pets channel there. It's also the best way to tell us what's wrong with our site. If there are things that you see that are wonky, like uh, earlier this week, for example, someone found uh, an ad that popped up randomly, programmatically uh, about uh, concealed, uh, concealed carry licenses and we don't want those we don't i don't want that on the website and we have the power to actually get them off the website so if you see things that are whack just let us know um and we can we can get rid of it it's usually pretty easy uh anyway uh thanks for thanks for hanging out this week always like subscribe all those things it helps us out a lot and until next week you're welcome you're welcome